Get your stats up and even know the truth hurts. Get your facts up. Yeah, we still playing hurt. Get your stats up. Bluff city, hoop city. Get your facts up. Huh? Keep it real with you, dog. No, no matter, matter what. what. Even if I'm injured, I'ma still lace them up. Preach. Sitting on the bench, it ain't no such thing as love. Preach. The playing hurt podcast, the, the only thing I trust. Preach. Cause it's only real when they do speak. Preach. Like Courtney Lee from three, it's good on release. Preach. It's grit and grind during playoff time. Preach. Playing hurt, hold it down for Memphis Tennessee. Preach. Get your stats up, and even though the truth hurt, get your facts up. Yeah, we still playing hurt. Get your stats up. The sports talk heavyweight. Let's start the show. Bring the bell. What's going on out there, Hurtaholics? Welcome to another edition of Playing Hurt with me, CJ Hurt. Joined alongside, as always, my man, Drew Barrett. What's up, Drew? Not much, man. You're always, always still on my grind, you know, doing my thing out there, working hard, but... You know, I, I learned. I wanted. I want to start off something. I learned that I am the curse of Memphis basketball. Really now? Really, really, really. What Especially when when I do play by play, uh, I have a I'm a 500 record for Memphis basketball. Well, Drew, you got to you know sacrifice for the good of the team and not do that anymore. Well, I mean, I'm really good. I feel like I'm pretty good at it though. I mean, uh, I on, did the Ole Miss on. game Drew, on Friday. Drew, hold on, Drew. Are you going to be paying attention to Yes, your... I am. Drew Brees is about to throw a pass here. I need him to throw the Willie's knee. Go, go ahead. He hadn't thrown it yet. All right, fine. Well, as, as you're just jumping back in topics here, <laughs> because he, CJ, who was the worst in fantasy football last year, now has a chance to be in the championship if he scores, what, 20 points? I need 20 points. All right. Well, back to what I was saying. Ole Miss game. I did the Ole Miss game, and I, I felt I did a really good job. My People that I've heard listen to me said I did great. You know, it's one of those moments where you just take, take the headset off and you're like, I know I killed that. Yeah, and that's how I felt. But Memphis lost. My first play-by-play last year, they lost. I think they lost two others at the form that I've done. But I think I'm three and three all times thus far. Uh, so I hope I'm not a curse on the University of Memphis football team, which I don't think I am. But if I look at my bowl record at times I've gone to the bowl games. Yes. What What is your bowl record? One and two. Yeah. Don't go, Drew. I've already bought my ticket. You don't go. We'll sell it. I can't don't sell go. a ticket. Yeah, I mean, I could sell a ticket, but I, w- I don't. I don't want to. As Drew Brees completes a pass to my man Willie Sneed. Yeah, sell the ticket, Drew. Nah, I can't sell a ticket. Okay. Well, there there will be a. If group. Memphis does lose, I will never. I will. I don't want to say that. I can't say that. <laughs> I was about to say I'll never go to another University of Memphis bowl game. But okay. I can't say that. I can't. It All right. Just, it that, would hurt me too much. That's a big statement to make. Uh. We hate speaking of Memphis in the bowl game. We are going to be previewing the Birmingham Bowl between the Memphis Tigers and the Auburn Tigers. Run, Sneed, run, baby. So check this out, people. I got Willie Sneed and uh, Hightower, the running back for the New Orleans Saints. And so I need 20 points to beat former producer of Cerrito Live, current producer of the Eric Hasseltine show and current host of Fantasy Kickoff mm. Benjamin Hogan. So, if I who be, is a friend of the show, is a friend of the show and is a fantasy expert and he's been helping me along the way fantasy mm-hmm. football wise. I I listen to his show and then I uh So you're using questions. this man's I'm, knowledge yes, to beat I am. him. Yes, I am. Well, I didn't use it to beat him not this week. I didn't text into the show this week. But I you text into a show. I text in, I tweet in all the time. Yes, 
No shame in my game. Even have you, did y'all play each other in the regular season? Yes, we did. did I didn't you? ask him. See, I'm not that guy. I won't oh, okay. ask you what you think uh, because I don't trust you. Yeah, obviously. Uh, so I didn't, but I did beat him this uh, year in, mm. in the regular season. He's the second best team. No, he's not because Kevin Cerrito was the second, was the best. second best team who I upset. And I think Ben is the fourth best. Mm. And so. And I was the eighth best. And Derek. The Derrick King rules did not beat Dustin Five Star again. Well, Larry Porter's revenge <laughs> <laughs> took care of Cerrito. Yes, yes, yes. Speaking of Cerrito, we hosted. Well, I hosted. You produced Cerrito mm, live. Like I do every uh, this week. week. Well, I'm, I guess only. I didn't really. Was. I'm not. I didn't get a pay raise I, or none. Yeah. Well, neither did I. <laughs> well, I didn't get a. I didn't get a promotion of the week. I just was doing my same job and yeah, just fill, filled in and hosted. And uh, we'll be off on December 26th. But if you've missed any of the show, any of the past week's shows or anything like that, go to CerritoLive.com and check out some of the podcasts for Cerrito Live. And be sure to subscribe, if you haven't, on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting mm-hmm. app to the Cerrito Live podcast. There is a great wrestling segment that Kevin and Dustin Five Star, they do together, and it's awesome. You guys really should go check that out. And be sure to subscribe if you're not subscribing, if you haven't subscribed yet to Zerito Live and get us playing Hurt as well. And uh, without further ado, whoa, before we do, Drew, shout out to Twitter, the Instagram, and all uh, that course. jazz. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at dbarrett36. Follow me on Instagram at dbarrett1236. Uh, now that we're on break uh, for school, I'll only be on Fridays at WMR, 835, 9 o'clock, still with JT Mullen and Jacob Willotion. Uh, don't have any articles in the helmsman for a couple more weeks, which is good. You know, I feel like with school being out, I can finally get some rest, but obviously I can't. They're just going to work me harder <laughs> up here at Sports 56 and at Domino, so not getting any more sleep. Uh, and, oh, Blue and Gray Show uh, will have its final two shows uh, December, t- the Sunday after Christmas, with December 27th and then the s- January 3rd, I believe. Okay. It's the next Sunday. That'll be our two-hour finale. But uh, December twenty seventh, we'll just have a one-hour show previewing uh, the bowl game, and then our two-hour special finale extravaganza, whatever you want to call it, will be the week after the bowl game. Cool. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at conradicalness on both of those. Uh, you guys follow us on the Snapchat, playing hurt on there. You can email the show, the playing hurt podcast at gmail dot com to get in touch with us. And when was the last time we got an email, though? Have we gotten one in a while? It's been a while. It's been a long time. It's, it's been a while. Uh, but, yeah, if you, you want to comment or questions for us or anything like that, feel free to email us, the Playing Hurt Podcast. Topic. Pick a topic if you want us to talk about it, the Playing Hurt Podcast at gmail.com. Before we get into the Birmingham Bowl, let me take time out to tell mm-hmm. you guys about my fantasy football season. Real quick. Here we go. Real quick. Nobody care. Everybody cares about fantasy football. Nobody cares about your fantasy football team. Obviously. That's just how it is. But mine is a team of, of perseverance, of of triumph, of sheer will, people. My first five picks, Matt Forte, Mark Ingram, Justin Forsett, Steve Smith Sr., and Roddy White. Ingram, Forsett, and Steve Smith Sr. out for the year on injured reserve. Mm. Roddy White's just not good. So I had to cut him, and I traded Matt Forte. So there's a chance, people, I could go to the Fantasy Football Championship with 
and and not have a single player uh, who I selected in the first five rounds on my roster. I mean, I made it. The, I made the playoffs, and my first two picks were Demarco Murray and Andrew Luck. Okay, what about your third, fourth, and fifth? I pick? don't. I don't remember. Okay, I picked yeah. That. See, no. And did three of your guys in the year on injured? Oh, reserve? my third player was Sammy Watkins, and he hurt me for a couple weeks. That's why I was literally he? was at two and seven, and finished the season at six and seven, and got in the playoffs. Yeah. So, got to watch those waiver wires, people. Get some get some people picked up now. Real football, not NFL football. Uh, college football, Birmingham Bowl. You know, Auburn, Memphis. Both of them are the Tigers, mm-hmm. and you've heard it here for the umpteenth time. Make the joke I am going to make the joke. The Tigers are going to win. Hate the Birmingham joke. Bowl. I, 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 I love hate it. that joke. I love everybody's it. like, well, all you got to do is pick the Tigers to just, win. Just pick them Tigers. <laughs> no, <That's> Ronnie. <laughs> no, that's not an expert analysis pick. <laughs> oh, man. But no, seriously, though, this marks the first time in the 10-year history of the Birmingham Bowl that both participating campuses are within a four-hour drive of Legion Field. Huh. How cool is that? Fun fact. Fun fact. Uh, both schools... Are dealing with coaching departures. Yes. Will Muschamp, defensive coordinator at Auburn, is leaving to coach South Carolina. Justin Fuente, head coach, former head coach of the Memphis Tigers, is leaving to go coach at Virginia Tech. Who do you think, real quick off topic, who do you think will have the better coaching tenure at their new schools, Fuente or Muschamp? Fuente. Yeah, I just don't know how Muschamp I don't got believe in Muschamp. I don't know. If he couldn't win at Florida, how is he going to be able to win at South Carolina? I mean, Carolina? he had plenty of talent. You saw exactly what his guys and people that he recruited were able to do and turn around this year. I mean, going not, what, 9-3? and three? Yes. From 3-9 and nine or something? Or 2-10? and ten, Something around those marks last year? abysmal. Oh, it was. Uh, so, it, it'll be interesting to see, and I guess this, this is where it – Everybody, the matchup everybody wants to see mm-hmm. that Auburn defense without Muschamp versus this Memphis offense without Fuente. So, but I mean, you still have Daryl Dickey, the offensive coordinator, yeah. at the helm. He'll be the interim head coach. So, I don't. It's not. I don't think it's. It's kind of comparing apples to oranges. It's two, you're losing two different aspects of the game. I mean, you're losing your head coach, the guy, your field general, the guy ahead. And, a charge of everything, but you're not losing the guy who's making doing the play calling. Well, is, is he still going to do the play calling? I believe so. I, I think okay. he'd probably do both. Okay. Well, that that would be a a lot for him to do. Mm-hmm. It would be. It, it it just is. But I don't know who else. But that that, move that up. doesn't make it any less interesting. It though. doesn't. It doesn't. And this Auburn defense, you know, you were looking up stats earlier today. Uh, this Auburn defense is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you talk about specifically the fact that they don't get pressure on the quarterback, only 17 sacks on the year, which is tied for the third fewest amongst Power 5 programs. They were 117th nationally in tackles for loss. Third worst pass defense in the SEC. Second worst total D in the SEC. Like, this, this team doesn't get pressure on the quarterback. And in case people might not know, it's been a while since we personally talked about Tiger football. Mm-hmm. The Memphis Tigers have a quarterback that may play... Not may play. He will play will in the play. NFL. May be a top 10 pick in this year's NFL draft in mm-hmm. Paxton Lynch. Uh, those stats and all stats, by the way, are coming at you courtesy of CFBstats.com, unless told otherwise, people. So how does how, how does Auburn, can Auburn stop Paxton Lynch and slow down this potent Tigers offensive passing game? 
I, I don't think you can. Auburn does not rank 77th uh, among all college football defenses and pass and uh, passing yards allowed. Uh, Paxton Lynch is one of the top five produ- most productive passers uh, in college football at this point, having thrown 28 touchdowns, I believe, to only three interceptions. He knows how not to turn the ball over. He doesn't get sacked very often. He uses his feet very, very well. And Paxton basically did, can destroy this Auburn defense single-handedly. Oh, yeah. And, that, and <laughs> you know, you asked before the show, have you seen anybody pick Auburn? I was like, well, you know, I've I've only listened to Memphis radio. Mm-hmm. I've only read Memphis things, so I hadn't really done, I hadn't really paid attention mm-hmm. to national coverage. But I would be hard pressed to find somebody to pick against Memphis in this game because Paxton Lynch is so good and mm-hmm. Auburn's defense is so bad. And so I think that is is just one of those things where, you know, you got. And an unstoppable force coming mm-hmm. up against a very, very, very movable object. Mm-hmm. And Paxton Lynch should have a field day, assuming that all of Paxton Lynch's success was not tied directly to what Coach Justin Fuente was doing. I, I don't think it was. I think Justin had a great deal in it, you know, preparing that young man to be and developing him into the type of player that he is now a day now today. But I don't think it was all Justin Fuente. I think you got to give a lot of credit to Paxton Lynch, the way that he's worked, the way that he's gained weight in the offseason every year since he started his redshirt freshman year uh, three years ago. So he's done a heck of a job preparing his body and developing his skills on his own to become the type of player that he is. But you look at this Auburn team and – Auburn to me just makes way too many mental mistakes. I've watched Auburn. We watched. We sat here doing a podcast one time where they were playing Jackson State, Jacksonville yeah. State, and had to go into overtime to barely beat them. I remember watching the Alabama game where they had the momentum. They had chances not only to take the lead but to run away with the game a good six, seven times throughout those four quarters against Alabama, and just. It seems like every time they're right knocking on the door to score or tie it, take the lead, they made a mental error. They they got offsides. They were holding penalties. Will Muschamp cost them 60 yards on one play for cussing at the refs. Right. So at least you know Will Muschamp won't be there in Birmingham, so you don't have to worry about him costing you that many yards. But still, they just make too many mental mistakes that that can cost them down down the stretch of games, which it obviously has. Yeah, and you know. This is crazy because this team was was a team in Auburn that was supposed to compete for a national championship. You picked them in our in our SEC draft, number one, and and nobody bat in the eye because of it. In fact, we were upset because you picked them because both Kevin Cerrito and myself wanted to pick mm-hmm. Auburn. How did that end up going? Did both I, the, did you have Florida? I did, know I had so Kevin had Alabama and Florida, and both of them were in the SEC yes, championship. Good grief! I had Arkansas, Auburn. State and Tennessee, South Carolina. Okay, I believe. Okay, well, yeah. So that's four. Okay. Uh, but yeah. So back on Auburn and and what they were projected to be. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Johnson was projected to be a stud, and Auburn, that's why I picked Auburn to win the SEC. Well, that, SEC because I was, thought he was going to be that, that great. That's the thing. We all thought Johnson was going to be great, and we all thought Will Muschamp getting to focus solely on defense was going to be enough to carry Auburn to the promised land. And Gus Malzahn and his offense, we all thought it was kind of a plug and chug type situation. 
Like, it's Gus. It's not the players. That's what mm-hmm. we all thought. And that just wasn't the case this year for Auburn. And, you know, we you talked up, you talked about, you know, their struggles, man. And I remember watching uh, the first game against Louisville, which Auburn won. It was like, man, Auburn doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. Like, if Louisville didn't give them, you know, defensive touchdowns and constantly make mistakes, Louisville would have won that game. And so you're looking at it, and we you talked about the Jacksonville State game, the Alabama game. Uh, there was there were a couple other games where it, Auburn just didn't the not Texas A and M the the Mississippi State game mm-hmm. Auburn looked bad Auburn just looked bad throughout most of the season. In contrast, Memphis looked bad towards November. Yeah, November when they three they, the last four when games when their when the meat of their conference schedule came mm-hmm. up and, and we all knew that was going to be the time where we would fully learned what this team was made of. We we knew that was going to be the gauntlet of the season. You know, Navy, you had Navy, Temple, Houston. Yeah, all three right in a row. You knew that was – if coming into the season, I was one of the few – I actually did believe that we could have gone 12-0, and there were opportunities where we could have. But coming into the season, I knew that there's a very, very good likelihood that we would lose one of those games and unfortunately ended up losing all three, just embarrassed by both Navy and Temple, uh, lost on a missed late field goal by Jake Elliott, and I'm just – then there was other mistakes. You gave up a 21-point lead uh, in the second half against Houston, which eventually won the American Athletic Conference and will be playing Florida State in the Peach Bowl. So, Yo, speaking of Houston, you see my man Tom Herman's getting a grill? Getting a what, what do you mean? Kind of like like a Paul Wall grill. Like the top row diamond and the why, bottom row why, gold? Why is his why? Because that, that was the agreement. If they got to, I think it was if they won... Uh, the American Athletic Conference. He told his players he would get a grill, and Paul Wall graduated from Houston. Oh. He's a Houston alum, I do believe. Did not know that. And yes, and so he was like, "Okay, coach, time to pay up on that bet." And so they're making him a grill. Nice, you know, grill. Gonna wear it during the. I hope so during the game. Oh, I hope he breaks out that grill during the game, <laughs> man. That would be awesome in that particular bowl game. But back on the Birmingham Bowl, um. Even with the struggles that the Tigers had in November, losing those three games back to back to back, it's still it was still a pretty good year. Oh yeah, still the, one of the best seasons I've ever seen in Tiger football, and pro- one of the best seasons anybody who's been alive since nineteen sixty sixty is probably one of the first or not maybe not the first, but maybe the second right behind that nineteen sixty three season where you went nine zero and one. The only tie was zero zero. Uh, against Ole Miss, so this has been historically one of the greatest seasons in Tiger his- football history. So you really look in November. You were upset. You were disappointed. You know, three straight losses. But you got to realize that's after a 15 game win streak. That's after starting eight. No, that's after beating uh, Ole Miss in the Liberty Bowl. I mean, that's after all these great successes and accomplishments that you were able to get uh, throughout mm-hmm. the season. So. Overall, this has been some of the best Tiger football I've ever seen, and I can't wait to see it continue into the Birmingham Bowl and then into 2016. Well, it's it'll be interesting because th- this will be the Tigers' second 10-win season, mm-hmm. back back to back 10-win seasons for the Tigers, and first they time have, first time school in, history in that school we, we would go back 10 to back, and 10 10-win seasons. Mm-hmm. So that there's that going on. They're chasing something else. They're trying to be, you know, they're trying to beat. 
two SEC teams for the first time since 94. 94. And I've got all those listed off. Do you, do you know what years they were? No. All right. I, I know the last time they beat two SEC teams was 94. And according to my research, if I remember correctly, it was Mississippi and Arkansas, mm-hmm. right? With yeah. a loss to Mississippi State. So before Memphis has done it, one, two, Six times, six times in school history. Uh, 94, Arkansas and Ole Miss. 93, you beat Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Arkansas. In 88, you beat Florida, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt. 87, you beat Ole Miss and Alabama. 83, you beat Ole Miss, Vandy, and Mississippi State. And in 1976, you beat Ole Miss and Auburn, which you hold a 2-0 record against Auburn historically in 90 and 76 and then 75 when Auburn was the 7th ranked team in the country. Nice. Nice. That's coming at you from the media guy? Yes. Tiger Football Media guy 2015 edition. Oh yeah, I just there's so many stats in there that I just I just kept writing down. I've got like a full list from bowl <laughs> games just, to against SEC just, opponents. Just read, read off all the stats you got real right. quick. We'll, we'll, we'll go with our, against, our our stat portion of the show. Against SEC opponents, uh Memphis is obviously 2 and 0 against Auburn. Uh, other big names like rivalries you can think about. You like uh three and two against Arkansas, ten and forty seven against Ole Miss, eleven thirty three against Mississippi State. Uh, you're one and twenty two against Tennessee, five right, well, and wait, seven wait, against wait, Vanderbilt. No, just just read off the stuff right. about Auburn. All right, all right, just Auburn. <laughs> but real quick, do you know the only SEC team that Memphis has not played? Um. If I was to guess, I know they went down to beat Florida because they, mm-hmm. they used to always show that game on the Jumbotron. Yeah. Uh, if I was to guess, the only SEC team Memphis will not have played. This is including played, A&M and Missouri. I'm going to say Kentucky. No. South Carolina. No. Who? LSU. Really? LSU? Yeah. They're right there. Never played LSU, but Memphis is 37 and 131. Against the SEC, but two and zero against Auburn. Two and zero against Auburn. Looking to make it three and zero. Looking to make it three. Try, trying to avoid the embarrassment of being the first Tigers football team to lose to Auburn. Mm-hmm. And you're also looking to go. This will be Memphis's ninth bowl game, and you're looking to go six and three. Okay. Yeah. This yeah. will also be the first time in school history that you won two bowl games in back-to-back years. So it's a lot of firsts that Memphis mm-hmm. is playing for. It's not the first time you've been to two in a row, but it's the first, first time, time you, you've you, won you win back-to-back bowls. Yeah. But it, it's just one of those things where Memphis has, and we see this in bowl season, mm-hmm. where one team has a lot to play for, and the other team is kind of just like, we're here because our season, mm-hmm. uh, we underperformed. We're not and excited about exactly this at all. That's what this game is. You look at Auburn, like we said, is was expected to be in the college playoff by me, you, a lot of more expert analysis people than ourselves, but they were picked to be in the college football playoff, win the SEC, win, I mean, be right there for national championship. And then you look at Memphis, people thought they'd be somewhere atop the American, but then nobody ever thought we'd be 8-0. You never thought that we'd have the chance to be 10-10 and for their for, – Back-to-back years, first time in school history. Win two bowl games in back-to-back years, first time in school history. So we've got basically everything to gain. And Auburn basically has nothing to gain from this game. Nothing to gain. I mean, it, and, and they just they they may come out lack lackadaisical. And mm-hmm. if they do, and if they lose to Memphis, and they end the year with a six and seven record and a losing season, you have to think Gus Malzahn is on the hot seat, right? Yeah, Cause, I mean, cause he's, he's going to be on the hot he's seat. He's following that. Who was there before Malzahn? Uh, oh, boy. 
Now I, I know before him was Tubby Tubberpool. And after Tubberpool, he was the guy. He was. It was just back in like 2011. Yeah, he, he, time he just put, left. Like it was three years ago, three four years ago. Um, Gosh, who was it? It wasn't much. Much trans. No, he also he also Florida. coached at Arkansas State, if I believe, just like Malzahn did. Oh, who? You're was gonna have to it? look it up. For I me. am. I and got as soon it. As you Go, t- Gene Chizik, our boy Chizik, man. I feel stupid. I do too. It was on. It wasn't on the tip of my tongue. It was in the back of my mind somewhere. Mm-hmm. But he's following that same. Uh, art that Chiswick followed, you know that Went national quick ch- and then slowly died yeah off. that national championship season and then kind of trail off mm. there and start dropping off. Chiswick only lasted what three four years? Three years, two thousand nine, ten, well four years, not two thousand nine through twenty twelve. What year is Gus Malzahn in? Twenty thirteen, fourteen. This is his third year. Third. So, so, so that's he underperforms another year. You then, go then right off what Chizik did. Yeah, he's, he's out. Not. He's out. He's got to. They've it's, the players it's might not be playing year. for anything, but Malzahn is playing Coaching. to try and keep himself off of the proverbial hot seat, mm-hmm. at least to to start the year. Um, this year, Auburn only beat two FBS teams with winning records: Louisville at and seven and five, A and M, and Texas A and M at eight and four. So, Memphis could end the year with as many SEC wins and more SEC West wins than Auburn <laughs> if they beat Auburn. Yeah, because Auburn only has two SEC and, wins and, this year. And one of them was against Kentucky in the mm. SEC East. So, it's a lot going on there, people. And if if Memphis can find a way, the, the, the defense of, for Memphis mm-hmm. is suspect. But it's not like they're playing a a stud quarterback in Jeremy Johnson, who we assume is going to start. Never know. They might throw uh, somebody else in or play two quarterbacks. The game I saw, Auburn played three quarterbacks in one drive. Mm. I was like, yo, that is ridiculous. But, you know, if they can find a way to control Jeremy Johnson, and, again, he's not stellar by any means. uh, Finishing finishing did last in the SEC in yards per game through the air at just 104 yards per game per game you know if they find a way to and it shouldn't be hard for them to contain Johnson you know and if they can do that and Paxton Lynch gets going on a defense that is subpar even though they're getting back Carl Lawson uh who was who has spent most of the year well getting back like he he's back but he spent most of the year on uh just injured and so this would be his like fifth or sixth game back and you know but even if he's back, and for for Auburn getting that big defensive end is huge. Uh, this is a quote from Gus Malzahn on Lawson from Brandon Marcello of AL.com. Malzahn says he's an impact player, and just his presence, I think everybody can see it. It changes the attitude on the field, and so. But if Memphis can, Memphis can find a way to get him blocked, which they can, and allow Paxson to go off, which is more likely than not that he will then I think the Tigers will win this game handily. Oh, I think they will, too. I th- just think Memphis is just – I don't want to say more of talent of a team because coming into the season we thought Auburn was just going to be the most talented thing to hit the SEC West in years. But they've just underperformed. I think Memphis has been a more disciplined team throughout the year. I think they've been more productive. And I think – as long as the defense doesn't give up too many big plays, which Auburn doesn't normally doesn't have a lot of big plays when the, when they uh, during throughout the game. So 
as long as Memphis can avoid giving up those two, three big plays like they have a couple times this year, then I think Memphis is going to be in a great spot to win this game. And not only win this game, but I think Memphis can honestly win this game by two scores. I mean, honestly, 14 points. Auburn's going to score, but I just don't think that they can score as much as we can. Auburn, 97th in the nation in plays from scrimmage of 10-plus yards or more. They have just, well, they're tied for 97th, actually. They have just 150 uh, plays of 10 yards or more, which is not good, people. No. Not good at all. Where does Memphis at? We're right. Memphis? Memphis has got to be at the top. Uh, Memphis is 17th, time for 17th with 221 uh, plays of 10 yards or more. Mm-hmm. If you go at 20 plus yards, Memphis is 24th with 71 plays of 21 of uh, plays of 20 yards or more from scrimmage. Auburn is an abysmal. 109 with just 45. So, so the, the you big, don't really have plays, to worry about the big play factor. Big what well, Memphis does because they they are susceptible yeah. to big plays. Mm-hmm. But it's not like it's something that Auburn's going to be able to capitalize mm-hmm. on and take advantage of. It's not like they're a Bowling Green or or, or Cincinnati or an Ole Miss that that they I'm or not going to say that are Houston that regularly have those big plays. Yeah. So, you know, Memphis, this is a good matchup for the Tigers, the Memphis Tigers. And Memphis has a chance to really end this two-year span with some oomph, with some mm-hmm. excitement, with a bang. And, you know, get back-to-back 10-win mm-hmm. seasons for the first time in school's history. Win two S- two games versus SEC opponents. Win three games against Power 5 competition. Like, it's this is going to be a a chance for Memphis football to really cement itself and mm-hmm. say, hey, we're here. We're not a joke. We're here for real. Yeah, and this helps you build on onto the future. Like always, any anytime you're in postseason play, uh, no matter what sport it is, it helps for the future. It helps recruiting. And Mike Norvell has come in. He's done a great job thus far. Is he uh, running practices? He's not running practices. He's not running practices. Okay. He's just uh, Daryl Dickey, uh, interim head coach, is the one who's running practices. He has been uh, to a lot of practices, but just more of than a, as an observer. Uh, he's been working a lot on recruiting, uh, killing the Twitter game. By the way, if if you follow <laughs> if you follow Mike Norvell, he uh he, he's very uh inspirational, you know, very encouraging of a person. Uh like today, I'm just gonna use this one today. He tweeted out next week, new or new week equals new opportunity. Learn from the past and go and impact what your future will be. Service slash sacrifice slash respect. Hashtag next step. <laughs> Following Mike Norvell and DJ Khaled on on Snapchat, they're the most two encouraging people in my life right now. Just, just I, anytime I read or listen to, to watch DJ Khaled's Snapchat, I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I can find this keys to success, DJ Khaled. I can. They don't want me to eat lunch, but I'm gonna eat lunch anyways. Eat lunch anyways. Well, so we are we taking the Tigers? We're taking Memphis. We're, we're taking. The I'm Tigers. not making that joke. <laughs> I told you. You know what? That that, that time has slipped out. Okay. That time has slipped out. No. So, playing her podcast is taking Memphis to win this game. People, what, what's your prediction of score? Prediction of the score? Yeah. Oh, gosh, I, I think it gets ugly. I think it's like fifty-six twenty. Wow. I was only going to say about forty. I was. I was thinking. I was thinking more forty-eight. 
30, 32. Well, you're closer to Memphis's average on the year. They're mm-hmm. averaging 42.7 on the year. And in wins, they average 49.6 points per game. So I think if we wins. win, it will be around 38 or 48. I okay. Mean. And losses, by the way, they average just 22 points per game. So we'll we'll know pretty soon mm-hmm. uh, what type of game this is going to be for Memphis. Because if they're not scoring, they're not going to yeah. to win. That, and that's my expert analysis. you got to score to win, people. And if you don't score, you can't win. You Job, CJ. Thank you, thank you. No. <laughs> but see, in all seriousness, if they're not putting up points, lots and lots of points, they got to get over 35. And if they don't do that, they're, they're not going to be able to win. Uh, but I do think it gets ugly. I think it gets ugly right around the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, just in time for me to turn the TV and watch something else. Oh, you're not even gonna watch the whole game? No, seventeen. Nah, you got you got to be uh you got to be on crowd uh crowd watching for to see if there's me and you know pause and you send me a picture if I make it on TV. <laughs> oh man, okay, so that's that, your job. That's your that's, job. That's tomorrow. my job. I'm gonna do yeah. that. Uh, that does it for this episode of Playing Hurt. Thank you guys so much. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes to Cerrito Live. Or subscribe on Stitcher or your favorite podcast and app. Check us out Saturdays from 11 to 1 on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. And uh, Drew, that's it. Yeah. Don't forget to listen to Blue and Gray show the December 27th and January 3rd or 2nd, I believe, is that first Jan- Sunday in January for the last two shows of Blue and Gray show right here on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM from 5 to 6 and then 5 to 7 for the last show with John, Stacy, and myself. And multiple guests, and you know, you, I, I, I can spoil it. It's already been announced. We will have Alan Cross in studio for the last. I love Alan Cross for the last edition of the Blue and Gray Show. I hate he's going to leave. He's leaving, right? He's. I, I mean, he's senior, so he's, he's graduating. Yeah. Gosh, I hate that he's graduating. I'm happy he's graduating, but I hate I don't get to watch him play mm-hmm. Memphis football anymore. Uh, that does it for Drew. I'm CJ. Talk to you guys next time. Have a wonderful and blessed day. <laughs>